Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Books Are Chic. I have been wanting to have this author on the podcast for so long. And actually, fun fact is we chatted about three years ago, and things just got busy and everything. And then fast forward to today, and this author has like taken off. She's incredible. New York Times bestseller. Um, She was a Reese's Book Club pick, like just so fun to watch since we last chatted. So I am so excited to welcome her back for her latest um, novel, A Love Song for Ricky Wilde. Welcome, Tia Williams. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's been forever. It's been forever. And so to preface what I said for everyone listening, you and I chatted during COVID. I feel like I had found you because I had was obsessed with the perfect find and I knew that you had like a beauty background. And so I was like, oh my gosh, books, beauty, I'm in. And we had this lovely chat that is locked up in my vault. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I hope we can chat again. And we're here. And like you have exploded since then. I mean, it has definitely been a roller coaster. Yeah. I've been, I've, it's been really, really fun with seven days in June and the perfect fine movie. And now a love song for Ricky Wilde. Oh, it's like a lot. all the things. Okay. So first I'm going to say to everyone listening that the perfect find is one of my favorite books. And if you have not read it, you absolutely must. Um, And when we chatted three years ago, we were talking about that. But at that point, nothing was really happening. Maybe the rights had been sold for the movie. And now there's like a full Netflix movie starring Gabrielle Union, which is like incredible. Tell me about that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it came out last June, I want to say. And Mm -hmm. immediately was like top 10 in 50 countries around the world, which I cannot. The whole thing is such a dream. Every author hopes to one day. Well, I would assume many authors hope to one day see their work on the big or small screen. And it's just not anything I ever thought was going to happen. You know, Hollywood's a weird place. There's a lot of interest in things and then it drops and, you know, you just can't really count on any of it. Um, And so for the perfect find, I wasn't involved in the production of it at all. It was a situation where I, I sold the rights completely. Um, because I was working a full-time job at the time and also writing novels. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn my baby over to people who know what they're doing. Um, So they would give me updates and I'd be like, great, great, great. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'll believe this when I see it. Mm -hmm. And I was there at the premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival and like just seeing it all play out, like the story that lived in my head. Um, on the big screen with Gabrielle Union and Keith Powers. It was just, it was such a dream. And so you, by you selling it completely, you had no, like you couldn't even chime in for like, at, like did they even, nothing? Nothing, no, nothing. Um, and so, yeah, it was really the the director and the writer's interpretation of what I wrote. So yeah, it was like seeing it at the premiere On the one hand, I felt like just an audience member, you know, and then on the other hand, I was like, those are my characters. But then I would get so lost in it. I would be like, you know, what's going to happen next, even though I know what's going to happen next. So it was was 
Did, yeah. Were you nervous, like relinquishing that control? Like, were you, or did you just say, you know what, I'm just gonna trust and, you know, put it my was faith trust. in them? The, yeah. The time was just so, it was, there was no way I could do one more thing at yeah. the time. Um, yeah. And then I have this chronic illness. I, you know, I have uh, debilitating migraines every day. So having two jobs and being a single mom at the time. And, you know, when I say two jobs, I, I worked, uh, I was a beauty writer during the day. And then at night I would write and I just couldn't fathom also writing a screenplay because yeah. also people don't realize like that's a different skill set. I'd have to take a class to figure out how, you know, like I, I've yeah. never done that. Before. So it just seemed at the time, like just insurmountable odds. Mm -hmm. Now I definitely would, you know, I don't know if I write a screenplay, but I would, you know, want to be a producer and be involved and all of that. But my time is, is more free now. Yeah, no, I mean, and they, they did, a great job and like her I thought the casting was perfect yeah. um okay so then we have seven days of June which is like this blockbuster novel and it gets picked as a Reese's book club pick what was that like oh it changed my life mm -hmm. it just changed my life it exposed me to uh, a whole new group of people internationally mm -hmm. um since Reese's Book Club, I've I have so many international editions of my books now. It is wild, and I don't know that that would have happened, or it would have taken a while for it to happen. Let's just say, um, because Reese's Book Club is known throughout the world, and the people that are in the book club are rabid readers. Mm -hmm. You know, they spread the word. They get on their social media channels and rave about your book. They, you know. They're vocal in their own book clubs back home. And it's just this fabulous game of telephone that happens, you know, um, when you're chosen for one of these celebrity book clubs that I, I didn't even, I knew it was a fan, like a fabulous, fabulous honor. I did not know how much my life would change. I know. I'm sure. And like the book was on the New York Times bestseller list and like, I just felt like that was so fun to watch too, as just a fan and a fan of your books. But I'm like, it was just crazy. So I can't even imagine like what was going on in your mind. And then at that point, did you stop beauty writing and you were just like a full-time author and ready to just yeah. keep the books coming? Yeah, I couldn't do a day job anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you know, I think, as you may have heard, writing is not the most lucrative <laughs> profession. So most most authors, you know, um, have day jobs. Um, but the dream is to no longer have one so you can do what you want to do. And hopefully, you know, you write books long enough and get a, a, enough of a um, readership growing that you reach a point where you no longer have to supplement um, your income and I was finally there and yeah I walked away of, from a 25 year career as a beauty writer yeah I know you are were a beauty writer forever what was what I remember talking about this when we first chatted but were you and maybe I'm making this up 
you wrote for YM or what was like, weren't, didn't, were you in some like magazine, like teen magazines that don't exist anymore? Oh, yeah. My first job in beauty was at YM. Yep. Then I was at L, then I was at Glamour, then I was at Lucky, then I was at Teen People, which teen does, people. is too. Oh, yeah. Um, the best. Um, yeah. And then went to Essence. But yeah, I love the tea market. So fun. Know, and none of these things exist anymore, which is so sad. Kels, you had tea, you had like YA first books, right? I, I did. Well, my first novel was an adult novel, and then the mm-hmm. next two were YA. Yeah. I love uh I love teens. And I actually just on Monday this mm-hmm. past week turned in my next manuscript, which is YA. So <gasps> that's yeah. exciting. Um, are you still like, are you still beauty obsessed? Do you still have products? Do you think that'll just be forever something or are you like, yeah, it's just, yeah, I am a total beauty girly. I can't get enough. It's in my DNA. This is just, yeah, I'm always going to be obsessed. It's part of you. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So that all happens. And then as seven days in June was like, you know, exploding onto the scene did you already have Ricky Wilde written or was that something else that you were like were you just enjoying that and like okay I'll think of my next book like what was that timeline like yeah the whole idea was to take a break Mm -hmm. and this idea for Ricky Wilde dropped literally out of the sky and I was like oh I I guess I have to write this now (laughs) yeah And it's different and you can give us your little burb about it, but it's definitely different. Like I told you, it was totally unexpected, even though after I read, I kind of read the blurb, but I was like, I'm just going to go into this knowing that I love her. And like, I don't need to really read what this is about. I know there's going to be romance. Um, And then when I finished it and read the back, I was like, okay, now I can see, but it's like Rome, like. I don't even know, like romanticy, but not like fantasy, like a dragon. It's like this otherworldly romance or so. I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. It's magical realism. Yeah. Magical realism. Fantasy folks, because it doesn't fall into that category. (laughs) That's better. See, (laughs) Romance readers are very particular about their genres. (laughs) Yeah. That's better. Magical realism. Wouldn't have even thought of that. I was just thinking, I'm like, what element would I describe it? But right. There's no like dragons flying around or that yeah. type of stuff. Okay, magical no. realism. Yeah, yeah. And where, it's- like, why did you decide to just, I know you had said before we started chatting that you wanted to try something new, but like, what was, what was your why for that? It's just what the story was. Mm-hmm. It was that I wanted to, I wasn't looking to write in this way it's just what the story was if that makes any sense at all I yeah had an idea of okay an enchanted piano faded lovers a voodoo curse Harlem renaissance a florist and a fancy brownstone like I had all of these different elements and I was like okay I'm gonna write a story around this and that's just what the story called for were you nervous yeah. to like dip into that or were you not like, were you just like, I'm like a romance queen. So I can just figure this out. I wasn't nervous. You know yeah. what? I was nervous about pitching it to my mm-hmm. editor and my, mm-hmm. but I knew 
I knew I could write it. I mean, because the thing is, the story is such a me story. It's how I tell all my stories. It's, you know, the zippy dialogue and the pop culture and the steam and all of that. Um, and I feel like the authors that I love, I would follow them anywhere, you know. And I hope I hope that my voice is strong enough to carry, you know, any kind of story. And there's, even though there's this touch of magic to it, it's still such a contemporary, you know, love story with, it has magical seasonings in it, as opposed to it being a magical story. Um, so yeah, I think there's something for everyone, like old readers, new readers, everyone. I agree. I think it still is fully contemporary, but yes, like there's magical essences. But mm -hmm. like even magic, I mean, yes, but I don't know because I don't want to give away any spoilers. But like, I don't know. There was just this like spirit to it. Like, I don't know. Um, okay, give tell everyone without spoiling it what it is about. Um, so this is uh so Ricky Wilde is sort of a free-spirited florist who's the youngest daughter in this extremely aristocratic Southern family. And she doesn't want to go in the family business. Her family thinks she's insane. She runs off to Harlem to pursue her lifelong dream of opening a flower shop. And so she does. And when she's there, she meets this very mysterious musician in an enchanted garden. They find out that their lives are linked in all of these like strange and exciting ways. Um, and then it's a it's a very mad, passionate love story. And there is a kind of a scandal that happened during the Harlem Renaissance that plays into these characters' lives today. There's uh leap year magic. It takes place in February of 2024, which is a leap month. Um, and just by chance, is it coming out in February? I know. By the way, that was not the intention. I was I, just going to ask. We're only here because I couldn't meet my original deadline. It was supposed to come out in the summer. <laughs> I know. Summer. I was going to say. I was going to say because um, Seven Nights in June came out in the summer, right? Before? Mm -hmm. The year before? Okay. Right. So, you know, kind of a lucky accident. I feel like the universe that feels very weird to me, like weird, oh, right? Especially what we knowing what the book is about and like what that vibe is like. I feel like that was just meant yeah. to happen that way. Totally, because this was not in the plan at all. It was it was a summer book that happened to take place in February. Yeah, that happened to take place in February. Um, yeah, I think I I loved so many of the characters and you telling me the things, the elements and ingredients that you wanted for this book. And you were like, okay, I'll write around it is really everything that I loved. I mean, the brownstone is such a huge part. It's like its own character, the flowers, um, so many like different pop culture references and musical references. And I couldn't, sometimes when I'm reading like a dual timeline with flashbacks, I'm always like, well, I, just always love the contemporary, but I actually loved the whole entire storyline that was in the flashback because it really holds all the answers, I feel like. And that whole, like the voodoo and all that stuff just was so fun to read. And, you know, did you, like, what did you do to, to prepare for this book? Or did you just kind of like wing it? Well, 
I am a big 1920s person. So mm-hmm. I love as age. I love silent movies. I loved everything that was happening in Hollywood. I loved everything that was happening in New York in the 20s. I love Paris in the 20s. It's just, it's, you know, everybody has their different sweet spots. And mm-hmm. I just, I love decade. And obviously the Harlem Renaissance was during that time period. And so it's something I was always interested in. I didn't have to do a lot of research on um, that period, but what I did have to do, and this sounds very strange to people who don't live in New York, but because I'm a Brooklyn person, I don't really know that much about Harlem. You know, it's far away on the train. I once dated a guy in Harlem and it felt like a long distance relationship. Like (laughs) Harlem don't really do Brooklyn and Brooklyn people don't really do Harlem. It's a thing. I don't know how to explain it. But so I got on the train and with a little notebook and walked around Harlem like a tourist Mm -hmm. for weekends. And, you know, because I wanted to understand like the streets and the vibe and the way it all um, works and the people. And I had a speakeasy map from the 20s with all the addresses and stuff like cabarets and nightclubs and all that stuff and I was going to them and like seeing what things are now and it was like oh my god this was a famous you know cabaret in 1927 and now it's a Walgreens like it was just wild and or you'll be walking around and you'll just see the most nondescript plaque like oh by the way Billie Holiday was discovered here singing when she was 14 in 1929 it's just like what And just that whole vibe of like, you know, that you get in an old city where it's like almost Pompeii-ish, like there's a city under a city. And I love Mm -hmm. the vibe of walking around in modern day, but knowing that you're coexisting with the ghosts of uh, people and places past. Yeah. I mean, that's so cool. How do you get the map? Like, where did the map come from? I just, I wanted to see if it Googled? I Googled just randomly. Um... And, oh, no, I was Googling a specific place that no longer existed. It's a um, a restaurant from the 20s. And up popped this map. It was on this map. And, yeah, it's so cool. It's, like, illustrated and, you know, like, Art Deco style. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, where did you, like, were any of the characters inspired by real-life people that you know, like Della, like, what did you or just you all completely yeah they're all pretty much except for I was on Miss Della who is um Ricky's 96 year old landlady she owns the brownstone where Ricky lives and where where her um flower shop is and I saw an Instagram post before I started writing this and it was and I think it was this woman's 94th birthday or something like mm-hmm. that. Jackie Robinson's widow. Um, and the most glamorous person. And I was just like, wow, the life she must have led, you know, like to be married to the first black baseball player and, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, and to be a civil rights activist and all of this. And she's sort of sitting in this chair in this long red gown and these waves and her bob and, I was just like, this woman is fabulous. How is she 94? And I just started researching her and she inspired Miss Della. I loved Miss Della because I feel like she was sort of this grandmother figure for um, 
Ricky and, you know, takes her in. And this is how she's Ricky, you know, starts building this life. But I don't know. I just love books that rem like remind you of these fig older figures in your life that have, you know, give you so much guidance or you don't realize like their actual full presence, you know, until they're gone or you really reflect. And I just love yeah. that relationship. Me too. And I just love sort of sitting at the knee of an elder. I mm. love, the, love the wisdom. Tell me everything. Like at any party, you will find me sitting next to the oldest person in there. Yeah, because I you love just it. love to listen to their stories. Mm -hmm. And like Della has this whole story that, you know, plays such a huge role. And then, you know, you have this whole contemporary side, which is what I'm saying. Like they bo both, both storylines just were so like, you were just so entranced in both of them. And oh, good. the, but also the road, the steam, there is definitely steam. Like, do you just feel like you've written so much that it doesn't even like phase you? Like, does it not even like, or do you get like, oh, we have to do like, you know, a steamy scene? Well, I never feel like we have to do a steamy scene, yeah. but I want me scene. Yeah. I always want to do a steamy scene. I, 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 I like it. I, I think I like a steamy story. Definitely. I, I mean, I do too. And I, and I, I, I think your thing is like, it sneaks up on you when you least expect it. Like sometimes when you're reading romance, you're like, okay, like I know where this is going to go. And mm -hmm. I feel like with you, they're sort of sneaky, which then you're just like, oh God. And you're like, you know, you may be like, I'm just going to read like a couple chapters, but then you'll sneak up and then you're like, well, now I'm finishing the chapter. <laughs> now I'm finishing the whole section here because I'm already yeah. so involved and just like the whole, and I don't want to give away anything, but you, you know, the piano and that, like, yeah, it was great. I, I, yeah, the piano scene, which when people read it, they'll understand what that means. But I was like, oh, yeah. wow. I know Cosmo just today, they, they published an excerpt of Ricky Wilde and it's the, the piano scene. Oh, I kind yeah. of love that, that Cosmo did that scene. Cause like, that's a perfect place for it to be shared. Right. Yes. <laughs> Bring up a lot of different like discussions. Um, who was your favorite character to write about? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I just coughed I, all over oh, you. Oh no, that's okay. Who was your favorite character to write? Or did you not have a favorite? Ezra. Yeah. Ezra. It's usually the man, as as weird as that sounds, because I feel so close to the women. Men to me are such mysteries. Like, what even are you? I didn't grow up with mm -hmm. brothers. I mm -hmm. only had a few boy cousins. I, you know, they're such mysteries to me. So I have to really overwrite the men so that I understand who they are, so that I understand their emotions and their, you know, uh, motivations. And so in doing that, I always end up falling in love with them. I know he was really a dream. Yeah. He's fabulous. What a life. What a life. And like who, when you envision him, like, who are we thinking? Cause I could, I didn't know, like, think, just tell me somebody like that would remind you of him. Um, Oh God. Denzel Washington's son, John David Washington. John Washington. 
I'm messing up his name, but he is so dreamy. I don't think Uh, I know him. it's funny. He sounds just like Denzel, but does not look like him at all. He looks Okay. like, yeah, it's, but he's really good. Um, I also really love um, Lakeith Stanfield. Am I saying his name? Yeah. So I have a couple people I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I loved Ezra, but I also, I mean, it was really hard. I had, I loved everybody. I loved um, her friend Tuesday. I loved um, the sisters and like that whole dynamic. And I love that you like went into detail with like what they were wearing and like their bags and just, you know, they were like a whole, just, I don't even know, like a, they just bulldozed into the, you know, scene Yeah. and were... <laughs> The witches of Eastwick. Yeah. Yes, totally. So it was hard for me to pick too. I think it just all came together. Um, and just like I said, so different and so surprising. And now knowing what you wanted, you know, the elements that you wanted, I just think you tied it together so lovely. Like all those things. Oh, great. I'm so happy you liked it. Why flowers? That was the other question I was going to say. Why flowers? Like, why did you want her to be a florist? Because that's also like a huge, as you're reading the scenes, especially when she's in, you know, this brownstone, it's, it's the whole place. Yeah. So I did not grow up in a flower house. I don't Okay. know the name. Always jealous of people that know cars and know flowers. Like, I don't know, like, the breeds of either <laughs> Yeah. cars or. <laughs> the breeds. <laughs> um, but then I was um, executive editorial director um, for a fragrance house. And I was writing ad copy and naming perfumes and, you know, all of that stuff, writing marketing materials for perfumes. And to do that, obviously, you need to understand ingredients and notes. And so many ingredients and notes are floral based. So, you know, I was talking to perfume houses in Paris, you know, once a week learning, you know, the way these flowers are cultivated, where they're grown in the world, you know, you know, the, the fantastical and mystical properties of each. And I was, I fell in love. It was a floral education and I fell in love with them. And one of the fragrances I was working on, the main note was night blooming Jasmine, which prominently and Ricky Wilde. And I just fell so in love with the idea of this flower that is like asleep during the day. And when it gets dark, it blooms and releases this like scent. And it's just, it's so mysterious and sort of dark and sexy and romantic. This idea of this flower that only happens at night. Um, and I was like, yeah, okay. She has to be a florist because this, and that has to be in the story somewhere. I feel like if the book, if this book was a flower, it would be that. I know it's in the book, but then you just describing it. I feel like little mystery, definitely sexy. Like, yeah, I feel like that would be what the the flower to book would be. Um, Yeah. and do you, th I mean, I don't know. And you probably can't say anything, but like this also, I mean, even seven days in June, but both of these I could see as something either on the big screen or, or something. They just visually, I think would be so fun. You don't have to say anything, but that's just my opinion. Well, seven for a TV series, so we're working on that. <laughs> okay. Um,
but Ricky Wilde is too early. Um, we were going to start, you know, making some moves, but then the strike happened. And so. Right. Keep you posted. Okay. I mean, yeah, seven days in June would be a great TV show. So that's exciting. We'll have to, you'll have to keep us posted on that. Now you said you fin the next book that's coming out. Is that the YA or did you have something before that? And you just finished. No, one I just turned in this past week is the YA. And that is, um, so Audrey, the daughter of the protagonist in seven days in June, she's yep. 12. And this YA novel is about her at 16. <laughs> um, yeah. It's her summer after 11th grade and she's like done all the things. She's totally type A president of her class, president of the debate team, like this, that, but she realizes she doesn't know how to have fun. And so she hires this like wild boy to teach her how to have fun for a summer. Why did you, I mean, we don't have to get so into this because I don't want you to have to share anything, but like, did you ever think you would do something like that? Like revisit? Like, are you open to that? Or like some authors are like, nope, once the story's over, like I'm done. Well, this didn't feel like a sequel or anything because it's her story. And also, because I'm not, I'm not really, I don't think I'll ever do a sequel, but I love the, Audrey was such a fan favorite and she might be my favorite character ever. So it does, it made sense to me to, to keep going with her, find out more about her life. Yeah. I love that. Um, and that would be not till next year though, or two years. Are you a book a year? Yeah. 20, what year? What, yeah. 2025. Yeah. Oh, Summer. Okay. Yeah. So now people have to read like everything you have so that they can prepare for that. They'd have to go back if they didn't read seven days in June. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going to do, I'm excited to hear what. Tia's answers are for her sheet list. Let me just bring up the questions. Okay, here we go. Tia. The author that inspired or inspires you the most and why? Um honestly, probably Carrie Fisher. Um I she's so witty. Can like laugh through the darkest shit and mm-hmm. I'm drawn to to sad funny women (laughs) or like troubled funny women um yeah I love her books I love her fiction she yeah she was great and I agree she was a great author um okay current tv binge series Griselda oh I haven't started that yet but I put on my list is it so good it's so good it's wild I know I I feel like I, I, I've always been very fascinated by Griselda Block. Like, what are you, lady? Like, what? I mean, she's just like a kingpin, but it's a, but she's a queenpin. Right, right. I know. I went on a little bit of like a Google deep dive, and then I was like, okay, I don't want to know too much. But like the real picture of her, I'm like, Ooh. she would scare me. She would scare me bad. Like those women with these types of crimes, you know, right. and, and type of violence it's it's wild it's interesting Sophia Vergara like give her all the Emmys or whatever because she transformed her face like yeah yeah, it's really okay I'm excited to watch that um last favorite book and current read last favorite book was The Guest by Emma Klein Mm -hmm. and I am not currently reading anything because I just finished writing and I can't read and write at the same um, 
So I am open to suggestions. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. What am I reading? Um, what am I reading or what did I just read? I did read before um, the Kristen Hanna book that's coming out, The Women, which was oh. so, so, so good. That comes yes. out, I think, the same day your book comes out. I think it does. It does. Yeah. Um, I'm dying. Yeah. It was. That's highly read book. I, I'm excited to read, too. Oh, yeah. That just came out yesterday. Yeah. That looks I have great. It. It's in my mailroom because I pre-ordered it. So. Okay. Maybe- I want to read yeah, I want to read that too. Um, okay, Sander Snow. Sand. Sand. I don't like being cold. Yep, me too. Um, your coffee or tea order? Chai latte. Love that. Um, it doesn't have to be your favorite, but one that you love, Bookstagram account. I love what Sarah read, or is it what Sarah read next? She's British. She is fabulous okay. and I just read judging the British book awards she's one of the judges yeah she's cool oh I love that okay I'll have to find her um name an author you'd love to have coffee or a cocktail with um Amy Tan mm, she'd be a good one I love yeah yeah she would I be just, great yeah um who is your style icon um, I would say Marianne Faithful in the 60s. She's a good one. A good one. I had bangs I far too I, you are always so good. You post so many like fun, um, like fashion throwbacks or like model vintage. Like I love for people that aren't following you that should like I love when you always post that stuff because I'm obsessed with all of those things like that's one of my sweet spots like I love fashion history and all that stuff so when you post that I'm always like oh do I know who that is oh yeah I love yeah inspiration from the past yeah I agree um okay book you wish they made a movie out of um There's a book called Only the Good, The Only Good Indians. Um, and it's a horror novel about kind of along the same vein as it. It's a group of kids on um, a reservation who something really insane happened to them when they were kids. And and they're haunted now in the present. And the bad thing that happened when they were kids catches up to each one of them and we find out how they meet their demise i mean it sounds super dark but it's so brilliant it's moving i cried at the end i need to see it i i need to see it on the big screen you've never heard of that that sounds good it's really good okay i'll have to look it up um okay the only good indians Mm -hmm. okay um, okay, last question. Best advice for an aspiring writer or reader? Um, aspiring writer advice. Don't try to follow trends in, uh, you know, like marketing trends in publishing because um, you really can never predict what the readers are going to like. So write what you like. Also, by the time your book comes out, you know, the trend will have changed. So don't worry about 
don't even think about a reader when you're writing. Think about writing a book that would tickle you. Um, advice for a reader. Um, I don't know. What do people say? What did, if you're already reading I, that good. Perfect. Reading. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's what I asked that because people are always like, oh, I wish I could get back into reading. And I'm like, you can like, yeah. you know, and, it, yeah. and figuring out what you like and not reading what you don't like. Like, I don't, you know, so I always wonder what authors would say if somebody said to you, like, I really want to get back into reading. I, I don't know how to answer that because you just pick up a book. Mm -hmm. I I implore you to pick up a book if you haven't. Something you think that you'll love. Something your best friend is reading. Something, you know. Yeah. Someone you love on, someone you follow on Instagram is reading. Find someone that aligns with, you know, what you're interested in and, and you'll trust their opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Um. And where can everyone follow you on Instagram? I am Tia Williams writes on Instagram and Tia Williams on Facebook. Tia W underscore writes on Twitter or X. Um, okay. So a love story for wild will be out on February 6th, but seven days in June, the perfect find all your accidental diva, all those things are out now and everyone should go read them and everyone should follow you. And I'm so excited that like three years later, we could just reunite chat. You could come on the podcast and I have a podcast. I know we just zoomed before, but I'm so happy. This is amazing. I'm so, I'm, thank you so much for inviting me back. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And thank you everyone for tuning in.